everyone. Thanks for listening and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hi, everybody, and welcome back. This is Jenny and Ryan, and we are jumping right back into Job. We are on the tail end of the first cycle of Job and his friends in chapter 14, and then we begin to see the second cycle of these conversations between Job, his friends, this problem, um, as we go into um, chapters 15 and 16. So something that I really pulled away from today was I was comparing um, Job's emotion as he is kind of closing out that first cycle with his friends and moving into the second. So we see in 14, Job is just, he's still kind of just like given that conversation to his friends of how this is just this is a terrible place for him like God is still for him but he is just like I guess just like wrapped up in this sadness isn't that kind of how you would feel like like what you're hearing from him in 14 yeah it's definitely so Job is cyclical that's what Jenny's talking about that's what we've talked about before Mm -hmm. Uh, there's three cycles of conversations between Job and the friends and as these cycles continue the tension mounts Right. So you see, like you, you will see the friends become more aggressive mm-hmm. and Job become more, I guess, aggressive also, also aggressive. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking in 16 then. So in chapter 15, one of the friends kind of comes back at him and says, actually, what's the friend? The in chapter um, 15 is Eliphaz. Yeah. So he comes back at him just kind of like, hey, like you don't fear God. You don't fear the Lord. Like this is what's going to happen to you kind of situation. And in 16, it kind of was like this this weird change of heart for Job. He's just like, you know what? Screw you. I am this way, and I do believe that. And you kind of like see this angry part come out. And I know for me, when I am like expressing my emotions and feelings to someone, when I'm upset about something and I feel misunderstood, I feel like the sadness switches to that anger or that tension that you're talking about pretty quickly, like like is happening to Job in these chapters. He actually says at the beginning of uh, chapter 16, you are miserable comforters. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> I feel like that's just like old school language of like, you guys suck. <laughs> it is interesting. I mean, like, um, it it you can tell it's wisdom literature because it reads like a poem or mm. like a play. Yeah. Um, but if you envision that this is a real person who has lost everything, like I, I always envision him like he's like, sitting in a heap of ashes and like his barn's still on fire behind him and like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like everything is ruined and his friends are just waving the finger yeah and his friends are like wow no, like no, it's, finger, it's not a finger. <laughs> <laughs> multiple fingers uh it it's interesting that his friends are that direct they they really are quite insensitive mm-hmm. um there is going to be some really clear parallels uh in today's reading uh so in chapter 15 Eliphaz is basically going to be like, well, you know, the wicked people, they just get fat and fat and fat. Like they get rich and wealthy and they gain more and more fat. And then such a strange word. (laughs) The concordance does say, though, um, like it gives reference to what that fat means. It's like proud. Yeah. It's disregard for God. So like you're letting go. You're going to end up just being a lazy slob. And this is like artful language mm-hmm. because this is like a poetic piece of wisdom literature. So it just feels weird to say, right? In the Job, <laughs> Job is going to respond 
by being like, oh, you're calling me fat? Actually, I'm shriveled. <laughs> he does. So in, in <laughs> you and mama so yeah, fat. Yeah. <laughs> in chapter 16, verse 8, and he has shriveled me up, which is a witness against me. And my leanness has risen up against me, and it testifies mm-hmm. in my face. It's like these two opposing ideas mm-hmm. uh, that you have, like this person who's hoarding everything, but instead this person who's lost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can see, like very clearly, that uh, Eliphaz is making a charge. Job is making a response. Right. Um, it's interesting. He's kind of like the friend is speaking almost on behalf of God, like. Well, you've turned away from him. You've become this yeah. way. Yeah. And then Job turns around and says, no, like, actually, God has made me shrivel up mm-hmm. to the point of almost death. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Again, remember, there's like this clear theme of God's sovereignty in Job. Uh, we'll see that, I mean, throughout. But in chapter 14, where we started, uh, Job says, since his days are determined, he's talking about man, since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you. And you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass. Look away from him and leave him alone, that he may enjoy like a hired hand his day. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like you cannot add a single day to your life. Like God has numbered your life. Um, he is sovereign over your life. It's your role to like walk in what he's given you and enjoy what's he what he's given you because you're not changing it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Job also says something really interesting. The tail end of chapter 16, this is 1619. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven, and he who testifies for me is on high. Remember, there's another theme in Job that is like courtroom language. Um, what's interesting is that Job has this idea of a, wit- of a witness as an advocate in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, and Job's idea of having an advocate in, in heaven is exactly how we relate to God. We have an advocate in heaven. Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Uh, he intercedes on our behalf. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have an advocate that is God in us. The Holy Spirit is in us, like um, leading us and teaching us, um, counseling us in some ways. And so we have like this really cool relationship with God that's not, you know, that's it's very real to us. It's not some made up thing. Right. So how does that play into your part today, that that advocacy part. Yeah, I think that advocacy is is a big deal. I think that would that's definitely my takeaway from today is just those quick little lines, even now behold my witnesses in heaven mm-hmm. and he who testifies for me is on high. Like Jesus right now is sitting at the right hand of the Father. He has interceded on your behalf mm-hmm. and he is advocating for you. So you have Jesus who has accomplished our salvation advocating for us before the Father. What an incredible relationship that we have with God. It's a pretty cool thing to boast in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and which is what Job is doing in this chapter too. Kind of combining those two themes, um, that God is sovereign over everything, and Jesus is our witness and our advocate for us. And so when those two things combine, we have incredible status as as sons and daughters of God. Mm-hmm. And we can rest in our identity. There is nothing that's gonna come up in your day-to-day life today. Like there's nothing that's going to come up at work. There's nothing that's going to come in um, in your family that God doesn't already know about and that the Lord cannot carry you through. I know that is, it seems like we're saying that several times different ways, Um, but it's true and we can rest in it. So that's the clear takeaway for today. Uh, Just rest in that. Remember that, that that we do have an advocate um, 
and he is over all things. And so we can rest in that. We'll see you tomorrow. Job 14. Man who was born of a woman is few of days and full of trouble. He comes out like a flower and withers. He flees like a shadow and continues not. And do you open your eyes on such a one and bring me into judgment with you? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? There is not one. Since his days are determined and the number of his months is with you, and you have appointed his limits that he cannot pass, look away from him and leave him alone, that he may enjoy, like a hired hand, his day. For there is hope for a tree, if it be cut down, that it will sprout again, and that its shoots will not cease. Though its root grow old in the earth, and its stump die in the soil, yet the scent of water it will bud and put out branches like a young plant. But a man dies and is laid low. Man breathes his last, and where is he? As waters fail from a lake, and rivers waste away and dry up, so a man lies down and rises not again, till the heavens are no more and he will not awake, or be roused out of his sleep. Oh, that you would hide me in Sheol, that you would conceal me until your wrath be past, that you would appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man dies, shall he live again? All the days of my service I would wait till my renewal should come. You would call and I would answer you. You would long for the work of your hands. For then you would number my steps. You would not keep watch over my sin. My transgression would be sealed up in a bag and you would cover over my iniquity. But the mountain falls and crumbles away and the rock is removed from its place. The waters wear away the stones. The torrents wash away the soil from the earth. So you destroy the hope of man. You prevail forever against him and he passes. You change his countenance and send him away. His sons come to honor and he does not know it. They are brought low and he perceives it not. He feels only the pain of his own body and he mourns only for himself. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, Should a wise man answer with windy knowledge and fill his belly with the east wind? Should he argue with unprofitable talk or in words with which he can do no good? But you are doing away with the fear of God and hindering meditation before God. For your iniquity teaches your mouth, and you choose the tongue of the crafty. Your own mouth condemns you, and not I. Your own lips testify against you. Are you the first man who was born? Or were you brought forth before the hills? Have you listened in the counsel of God? And do you limit wisdom to yourself? What do you know that we do not know? What do you understand that is not clear to us? Both the gray-haired and the aged are among us, older than your father. Are the comforts of God too small for you, or the word that deals gently with you? Why does your heart carry you away, and why do your eyes flash, that you turn your spirit against God and bring such words out of your mouth? What is man, that he can be pure, or he who is born of a woman, that he can be righteous? Behold, God puts no trust in his holy ones, and the heavens are not pure in his sight. How much less one who is abominable and corrupt, a man who drinks injustice like water. I will show you, hear me, and what I have seen I will declare. What wise men have told without hiding it from their fathers, to whom alone the land was given, and no stranger passed among them. The wicked man writhes in pain all his days, through all the years that are laid up for the ruthless. Dreadful sounds are in his ears, 
and prosperity the destroyer will come upon him. He does not believe that he will return out of darkness, and he is marked for the sword. He wanders abroad for bread, saying, Where is it? He knows that a day of darkness is ready at his hands. Distress and anguish terrify him. They prevail against him like a king ready for battle. Because he has stretched out his hand against God and defies the Almighty, running stubbornly against him with a thickly bossed shield, because he has covered his face with his fat and gathered fat upon his waist and has lived in desolate cities, in houses that none should inhabit, which were ready to become heaps of ruins. He will not be rich, and his wealth will not endure, nor will his possessions spread over the earth. He will not depart from darkness. The flame will dry up his shoots, and by the breath of his mouth he will depart. Let him not trust in emptiness, deceiving himself, for emptiness will be his payment. It will be paid in full before his time, and his branch will not be green. He will shake off his unripe grapes like the vine, and cast off his blossom like the olive tree. For the company of the godless is barren, and fire consumes the tents of bribery. They conceive trouble and give birth to evil, and their womb prepares deceit. Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are you all. Shall windy words have an end? Or what provokes you that you answer? I also could speak as you do if you were in my place. I could join words together against you and shake my head at you. I could strengthen you with my mouth, and the solace of my lips would assuage your pain. If I speak, my pain is not assuaged, and if I forbear, how much of it leaves me? Surely now God has worn me out. He has made desolate all my company, and he has shriveled me up, which is a witness against me, and my leanness has risen up against me. It testifies to my face. He has torn me in his wrath and hated me. He has gnashed his teeth at me. My adversary sharpens his eyes against me. Men have gaped at me with their mouth and have struck me insolently on the cheek. They mass themselves together against me. God gives me up to the ungodly and casts me into the hands of the wicked. I was at ease and he broke me apart. He seized me by the neck and dashed me to pieces. He has set me up as his target. His archers surround me. He slashes open my kidneys and does not spare. He pours out all my gall on the ground. He breaks me with breach upon breach. He runs upon me like a warrior. I have sewed sackcloth upon my skin and have laid my strength in the dust. My face is red with weeping, and on my eyelids is deep darkness, although there is no violence in my hands, and my prayer is pure. O earth, cover not my blood, and let my cry find no resting place. Even now, behold, my witness is in heaven, and he who testifies for me is on high. My friends scorn me, my eye pours out tears to God, that he would argue the case of a man with God, as a son of man does with his neighbor." For when a few years have come, I shall go the way from which I shall not return. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.